Hello and welcome to the Fat Moon Podcast, a platform for creative therapists to connect and learn from each other. My name is Kirsty Green, and I'm an art therapist with a passion for bringing together community. Each Fat Moon episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing a creative therapist from around the globe. The intention is to offer listeners insight into our peers' pathways, professions, and interests in methodologies. It's my hope that this podcast inspires and educates the collective by building bridges between our disciplines, settings, experiences, and our cultures. The Fat Moon podcast is created, recorded, and inspired on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to elders past and present and to any Aboriginal people listening today. So welcome all. Please enjoy today's guest and our rich discussion. Hello and welcome to the Fat Moon Podcast. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Jackie Schuld, a art therapist and counsellor specialising in late-identified autism and a registered expressive art therapist and a person who's published a number of books which can be found on the website linked in the show notes, who runs a blog and also offers consultations around autism and running private practices. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. How are you today? You know, it's been a really good day. It's evening here, so yeah, I'm grateful it's been a nice day. Oh, lovely. I'm glad to hear that. Um, To begin with, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your background and your pathway to becoming a art therapist, expressive art therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, well, really the majority of my 20s was spent jumping from thing to thing. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to go to law school and then did all the things for that. And then was like, oh, wait, no, I don't want to do that. And then <laughs> it then went the path towards med school and then realized, uh I wanted something with more soul and caring about um, the mental and emotional well-being of people. And so I just kind of floated around for a while, not really sure what fit me. And then um, I met an art therapist and it was like, whoa, this profession exists. And it blended my interest in psychology with my love of art, with... um, also my love of research and science it just was like such a perfect combination that I was like okay this is what I'm doing so um in my early 30s then I started doing everything I needed to pursue my master's and become um yeah a therapist fantastic and where where did you study I did my master's through Prescott College. So they mm-hmm. do like a dual program where you get a master's in mental health counseling and also um, a certificate in expressive arts therapy. Oh, cool. Okay, nice. And mm-hmm. then from there, do you want to take us on your journey as a qualified oh, expressive art therapist? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I graduated during the pandemic. Ooh, so that congratulations. was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I looked around at the options available to me and there just weren't any that really honored 
my way of being and what I felt was like a fair compensation for art therapists. I, I already knew I didn't, I wasn't fit for the kind of job where you see eight clients a day, um, five days a week. I'm, uh, for one, I'm autistic and, uh, I can't, I can't do that much socializing in a day, let alone, I don't think any human is that, that that's healthy. Like our, as you know, our job is extremely emotionally demanding and we need time to rest and recover. And so this is my long winded way of saying I started a private practice. Oh, amazing. Um, and luckily in the state I was in, I was, uh, I live in the U S and at the time I was in Arizona. And so I was allowed to do that legally as long as I paid for supervision. And that's what I did. And now, um, you know, it's three years out and it's, it's great. Fantastic. Are you still in Arizona? No, I actually just moved to New Jersey. So now um, I'm fully virtual now here. So Cool. Yeah. yeah. So do you have a specific population that you work with or are you working with everybody? Oh. <laughs> yeah, thank you for asking. I work with newly identified autistics. And what that means is basically people who find out when they're adults that they're autistic and usually ADHD, some other combination of neurodivergence. So I help Mm. them kind of integrate that new identity into their life and understand uh, what it means to be autistic and how to work with their autistic brain. Mm, Cool. And do you find um, challenges working online as an art therapist or are you loving it? (laughs) I think there's challenges to to in-person and to online. Mm. So it's kind of like, yes, there's some unique challenges. Like, yeah, I miss being like throwing a clump of clay down and being like, here, let's do this right now. And having all the supplies at my fingertips for the client. I do miss that a lot. Mm. But I do love getting, I work with people from all over the world and I really, really enjoy that. I mean, I work with such a specialized population that I feel very privileged to be able to reach the people that need this kind of work. And um, I also do shorter sessions now, like 45 minutes virtually. And that's, that's nice. I like that. That works better for me right now where I'm at Mm -hmm. energetically. Yeah. I'm sure the community is so grateful to have access to you too. Um, yeah, online is such a wonderful tool for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and is it always primarily individual sessions? Do you ever run like online group sessions? No, I, I, <laughs> I don't as an autistic person. Um, and obviously we're not all the same, but for myself, like that's just too much. Like I'm mm-hmm. monitoring, monitoring too many people at the same time. And like, yeah. it's socializing at that level is so draining to me that I really stick to individual sessions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might have a client ask to bring in a family member to help like provide some psychoeducation about autism and how it's impacting them, but mm. that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah. And touching on um feeling drained, what are your self-care practices as an art therapist? How do you take yes, care of yourself? I'm, I'm glad you asked that because um, I think self-care gets a bad rap. Like it, it's, it, the word is thrown around so much that it's almost lost its meaning. 
Mm. So, and, and I'm sorry, like I, the other thing for people who are listening to know is I'm a writer and I write about life as a therapist. And so like, I have a lot of deep thoughts on these things. <laughs> but yeah. one thing is like, our industry is so demanding that like, for most therapists, no amount of self-care is enough. And so like, I don't like that it's put on us that like have better self-care, have better self-care. And really what we need is better pay and better hours and better support as therapists. So I always want to say that whenever self-care comes up to like put the uh, blame, I guess, <laughs> like <laughs> where it lies though. Like it's not all on us. It sh- mm. That's not fair. Mm. Um, so that said, I run my own private practice. So I structure it in a way that's sustainable for me and so part of self-care is limiting how many clients I see in a day and how many days a week I work and also for instance I don't see clients in the morning because that's my creative writing time and Mm. that is self-care for me Um, so just things like that really yeah fantastic I love that that's really nice strong boundaries Um, yeah yeah (laughs) Um, and is there anything that you are particularly interested in the moment at the in at the moment that like you're really sinking your teeth into um, new information research? Um, I'm definitely kind of looking at the cusp of what it means to be autistic and ADHD right now. Mm. Um, for those who don't know, most diagnoses, which I I am not a fan of the medical model of you that sees autism as a disorder. I see it simply as a different neurotype. However, um, the medical model does influence us, and you couldn't even be diagnosed with autism and ADHD until 2013. So that was mm-hmm. just 10 years ago. And now they're finding that over 70% of autistic people are also ADHD. And yet they don't really know what that means. And so like to have both together, like, um, and so I'm really like digging into like research and quite frankly, the research kind of sucks. <laughs> it does. It's just not, it's, it doesn't exist. A, a lot of it doesn't exist. And so yet I should say, so, mm. cause it takes time for research to catch up. Cause you couldn't even research this before because you couldn't be diagnosed with both before. So really my re- my research is more casual in the terms of like watching YouTube's, listening to podcasts, talking to people who actually are diagnosed with both to get a better understanding. Mm, amazing. And what is it that you love about being a expressive art therapist? Actually, before we dive into that, could you <clears throat> could you describe the difference between the art therapist and an expressive art therapist? Yes. So the way it's traditionally explained is that art therapy is one modality at a time and Mm -hmm. expressive arts therapy is using multiple modalities such as Mm -hmm. you're doing clay to music and you're and maybe you make a dance about it afterwards something like that um and but I will say art therapists do that too like it's not like you can only be an expressive arts therapist and blend (laughs) modalities but that's kind of how they differentiate the training Mm. Um, and then at least in the U S there's different 
certifications or not, that's not the right word, registrations for both, like different, different governing bodies for each. And I have both. I'm, I'm mm. a board certified art therapist and also a registered expressive arts therapist. I ended up going for both so that I could see clients all over the world, essentially. Amazing. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah. And what is it that you love about being a creative therapist? I should say that. Yeah, that's a good one, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, let's. Um, I think that like talk therapy, sometimes you can just go in circles where mm. the client has is just kind of regurgitating things again and again and again. And art can really just break you out of that. And you see things in such a different way. And so I just love being a part of that process and like watching that happen. Um, I also give clients a lot of, I call it self-work. It's basically homework they do in between our sessions, like art projects. Mm. And I love seeing what they come up with. It's just like blows my mind all the time. I'm just like, whoa. Mm. So I think that's some of the most exciting things I'd say. Yeah, getting to work with people's creativity is such a privilege. Yeah, Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I find that our profession attracts clients that are more likely to be like entrepreneurs and kind of more artsy anyways. I mean, obviously, you and I know you don't need to have any artistic skill to see an art therapist, Mm. but it seems like we attract people who are of more of that nature. And so that in itself is really fun that like, you know, I've had clients ranging from like computer programmers making incredible things to artists to musicians. It's just really fascinating. Mm, yeah, that's so exciting. And what about you as an artist at the moment? What are you working on? I know you're writing your blog and I know you're working with publishing books, yeah. but yes. what, what's your creative outlet currently? Um, Right now. I So I just moved to New Jersey and this has been a really challenging adjustment for me. Just as an autistic person, it's just hard to like reestablish routines and okay. things like that. And so I've been so drained. And in, in that, like I haven't had the same desire to write or to even do art in the same way. And funny enough, I've actually been cooking. I used to hate cooking. I don't know. But like, suddenly, it's just been like, I'm not following recipes. I'm just like, let me try throwing this together. And I'm like, Oh, my God, it tastes good. And like, <laughs> that's been and, and it's kind of the same thing that happens with my art where like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Oh, I should add dill to that. Like, it's just weird. Like I'm getting inspiration for my cooking like I used to get for my, my writing and my art. So, oh, amazing. All the spices yeah. and herbs. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's been fun. And I trust, you know, I'm sure you know, like as, uh, our energy and our artistic things come and go in waves. And so I trust like my writing will come back and my artsiness in some kind of medium will yeah. come back as well. If I had a if I had a dollar for every time I've said, I've heard someone say, I'm not creative. And then I've heard myself say, creativity comes in all forms it's cooking it's gardening it's talking it's dancing it's how you walk um Mm. yeah yeah um I think it comes in all forms because essentially we are a creative expression 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> um, and I'm just wondering, what advice would you have for any up and coming creative therapists? Maybe, maybe we could start with private practice because that's somewhere that you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say on um, my blog, I've written over a hundred essays oh. on starting a private practice, so cool. you can read those for free. Like they're there. Um. So, really, my I guess the best way to say this is when I graduated and wanted to start a private practice. So many people were like, you can't do that. Like you're too young. You're too new to the field and this and that. And it was just like, I was just surprised by, it was like, they discounted all my life experience. They discounted all the other work experience I've had. Like, it was just like, anyways. Um, and so one, I would say like, trust your gut and uh, that like, private practice is so incredibly freeing. It is a chance to set your own guidelines and standards. And I will say it's so helpful to do that at the beginning of my career, because I also had to own every single decision. Mm. Like when I crafted my paperwork, I had to make sure that it align with my values when you know, I thought about my cancellation policy. Uh, I couldn't be like, oh, sorry, you have to pay this fee because my supervisor said it. No, like I, this, I, it's me. Mm. And so it really created, made me think hard about every single choice I made. And I think that made me a much better therapist. Um, and made me, I mean, gosh, starting a private practice brings up like all your personal issues right to your face. <laughs> you're like oh I guess I need to look at my like issues with money like, <laughs> why am I uncomfortable charging a higher fee or you know just the different things and so it's such an opportunity for growth so another thing I would tell people is like make sure you're in therapy it's like regardless if you're in private practice or not if you're a new therapist be in therapy like that's one of the best things you can do for yourself mm, that's fantastic advice yeah yeah, I think as yeah. well all through your training, it's 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 recommended. Oh my gosh. And then yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, even yeah, building I, your website and your brand, I think like it's like who am I? What am I? What am I trying to say? <laughs> even right down to the yeah. colors, like what color mm-hmm. am I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, which I wanted to tell you, I saw the graphics for this podcast that you're doing and I was like, oh my gosh, I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're, you like the way you're doing the gold and the flowers and all the items. I was just, yeah. That artwork. I could tell you put a lot of intention. That artwork actually is made by a dear friend who lives in Argentina. Oh. Yeah, Carolina. Um, I just want to let everybody know because I've been getting a lot of information from or a lot of feedback around that artwork. Um, she's an amazing graphic designer and uh, she nailed it. I was, uh, yeah. yeah, I was so impressed. So, yeah, I have a lot of respect for that artist. Um, so thank <laughs> you. I hope she hears this mm-hmm. episode and, and takes that in. Um, thank you. And... Mm-hmm. What about what about advice as a creative therapist? Mm. One, do not undervalue yourself. I was mm. like, I don't understand. Sometimes I see art therapists charging less than like other kinds of therapists. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck? 
why? Like, if anything, what we have to offer is so unique that like, and most of us have more training than other therapists. And so that's one thing I would say, don't, don't undervalue yourself, please. Mm. Um, other thing is a lot of times, you know, the jobs don't exist for us out there. And obviously I'm biased towards private practice, but even if you're not doing a private practice, a lot of times you have to advocate for yourself mm-hmm. um, or still apply for a therapy position, even if it's not an art therapist position and mm-hmm. kind of make your case. And I would, you know, encourage people, don't be afraid to do that and to like take that initiative. Cause otherwise you might be like, there's no jobs. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic advice too. Thank you. Well, that's that's all my questions for today. Do you have anything else you want to say or are you feeling? Hmm. I do feel like, do you, I don't know about you, sometimes after reflecting on a conversation, and mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very autistic thing, but that it's like, oh, I was really all over the place in uh, this conversation. All. But um. I really just would, I think the last thing I would say is that being a therapist can sometimes be a pretty lonely profession. You wouldn't think that, but you're not, your clients, you're not connecting with as your, you know, as, as equals, right? You're, you're there to listen to them and everything's designed around your clients. So you're not your full self. You're not like talking about your life, having a conversation. Mm. And so, and yet, and therapists, um, we don't talk with each other very often because we're in our rooms doing therapy. And so one thing I would say is to really try to network with other art therapists with like, I mean, like listening to these podcasts or joining consultation groups or what I do is like, I even just like email art therapists that look interesting. I'm like, Hey, would you like a virtual coffee date? (laughs) I would just like to talk to you and like, like, don't be afraid to do that kind of thing because otherwise yeah, it's lonely. Mm, Yeah. Or can can be lonely, depending. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I know when we graduated, uh, it felt like we were launched out into the ocean, and it was kind of like, "Hello." Mm. Uh, so we started a a peer supervision group, and I think there was about fifteen of us. Yeah, we just get together and just talk. We weren't we weren't really yeah. running through you know, client work or anything along those lines. It was just how each other were and how, how we're feeling. And yeah. 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 Even when I just moved out here to New Jersey, there was an art therapist out here and I contacted her to be like, Hey, do you want to like <laughs> hang out? Yeah. And so we went for, we went for a walk this weekend and it was so nice. Oh, and we didn't lovely. even talk about work that much. But it was so nice just to be like human to human and to to really say like, hey, we're humans first Mm. before we're therapists. Mm. And I think we, it helps our souls (laughs) to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And also talking to someone who understands the role, the role that we um, Mm -hmm. we play or or what we hold as therapists. Yeah. 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 That's really good advice. Oh, you've given me some ideas for the future of this podcast. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um it's been wonderful to talk with you. And 
like I said, I'm going to link your website for people to go and have a look at your books. Did you want to talk a little bit about your books, what you've published? Yeah, it's funny. That seems so far from me now. But um, yes, one is called Grief is a Mess. And it's like it sounds. It's about all the different emotions and physical impacts of grief. It's it's an illustrated book. It's supposed to be like a funny take on grief. Mm. Um, and then the other one is making it through chemotherapy, which is also an illustrated book that's supposed to be humorous. Mm. Um, but I did those, gosh, over seven years ago. So that feels so far away. Yeah. But um, I'm still glad they're out. They're out there in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it's a really noticeable part noticeable part of your website. So that's why I was like, oh yeah. wow, published book, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll add a link to that so people can go and have a look and also to follow along with your blog and learn oh, more. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And stay in touch. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today on the Fat Moon Podcast. It's my pleasure to provide space for us to listen and learn from each other. If you wish to support the Fat Moon Podcast further, please give the show a review and a like. You can also head on over to the Patreon page and check out other ways you can support this project. Any of the topics that we discussed today will be linked in the show notes and you can find all the avenues to connect with today's guest. Finally, if you would like to be interviewed or have a creative therapist you would like to learn more about, please reach out and send your suggestions. So until next time, thank you, take good care, remain curiously creative, and remember to rest.